for you guys. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to just bless these guys. Pour out over them, Lord. And uh, <laughs> I pray, Father, that you would release what you want to release through them, Lord. And we are ready. And we are excited. And pour out over these guys, Lord. We are so blessed and honored that they've come. And, Lord, I thank you that you're honoring them here as well. Blessings. Amen. All right. Hi, everybody. We're from England, so you're going to have to put up with some English accents for this weekend. Hope that's okay. Um, you know, I was just thinking, it's such, a, it's such an honor to, to be here with you guys. Um, I've heard about this church a whole lot, and um, you've kind of got a great reputation in Toronto. And um, lots of great people have come from here and come to here. And uh, so that's really, really cool. And I was thinking, you know, you're a church that has a history of pursuing his presence and pursuing the lost too. And um, I just... I just love that that combination and the way that you're doing that. But, you know, when we were worshipping, I was feeling like... I was feeling like God's got really something really cool this weekend. And I I felt like there's going to be a real release of freedom for you guys. And, and I don't think it's because we're here. In fact, the picture I got as we were driving down here was God was like, Hey, I'm going on holiday to Kalamazoo. Do you want to come along for some fun? And we were like... All right, cool. You know, so I feel like God has a plan and he wants to do something. And if we get to be a part of it with you guys, that's amazing. But I think I think this is there's like a milestone this weekend and it's the beginning of something fresh. And and particularly, particularly in like freedom of how you flow in the spirit, freedom. And you guys obviously already flow in the spirit. Like I'm like, come on, this feels like home away from home. But I just felt like there was something to do with the way that you flow and the freedom with which you flow. And um, I just feel like it's something really exciting. If you're, if you're willing, I'm just going to ask you to do something really brave for a minute, which is just to hold out your hands. And just, I just want to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and do something in our hearts. Hmm. Lord, we just... We just love the way that you move. In any way that we have stopped you from moving, we just repent of that right now. In any way that it's felt confusing to us or we just haven't been able to understand it, we, we're just so sorry for that, Lord. And we invite you to have your way this weekend. Whatever that looks like, Whatever this new freedom looks like, God, let our brains not get in the way of it. Hey, and I loved what the band was singing about, you know, there being no shadows in the temple. And I was just thinking, God, we want your light, the light of your spirit to shine throughout all of us, every part of us. So any way that we've put obstacles up to you moving, God, we, we just take them down right now before you. We just say, have your way. <laughs> have your way. We're yours. Yeah, amen. It's going to be a really good time. Well, this this tall, beautiful blonde, is, she's trying to take the microphone because she knows I'm going to embarrass her. Hey. This is my gorgeous wife. She's got a lot of good things to say, so I'm going to let her do that. Thank you. 
Wow. Hey, it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, the word I had in uh, worship tonight was expectation. And that there, it feels like there's a real sense of expectation over you as a group of people. I'm just like, oh, you can feel it. It's like I'm paddling, maybe about to start swimming, like the water is rising. And um, just excited about, about what God's going to do. Um, this weekend, I really want to share some of the things that have happened in our journey in the last year. Um, because we have experienced, I would say, just such radical change in our life with God that has transformed us our relationship with God, our marriage, um, everything we do, our work life, our home life, our um, help, helping the church life, all of those things have just been so impacted by the things God's been speaking to us this year and what he's invited us into and we said yes to. And um, we, are, we're obviously, we're both from England. We met in Canada, which is quite an exciting thing, and our parents knew each other before we were born, but we had never met when we met in Canada. So there's like this picture, like old school from like the 70s with our parents at a wedding, standing next to the bride and groom, not really knowing each other. And little did they know that many years later, we would meet in Canada and be like, wow, you are remarkably good looking. I would like to spend my life with you. Um, you know, that's, that's the short, short version. I'll give you a bit, I'll, I'll kind of flesh that out a little bit over the weekend um, and tell you some of the deep drama that accompanied such things. Uh, but that's part of uh, kind of our God story too. Um, let me rewind. Oh, I like my scarf. Um, let me rewind about uh, a year. We, um, I work with a school of ministry in Toronto. Um, ben works with communications and is a worship leader. And we love it. We love life with God. And you know in life when you think, I'm doing pretty well, like... Everything's going well. You know, we've got sustainable life with God. I'm in love with God. I like doing the things that I, you know, I do. I'm happy to serve. And um, we, God had invited us and spoken a word over us to start a young adult gathering, which we named Momentum. <laughs> um, he actually named it Momentum. We, we both got the name on the same day. We were like, we should, you know, you know, name it something. And Ben was like, I've had this name in my head. And I'm like, I've had one too. And I was like, well, I had the word momentum. And he was like, that's the exact same word that I had. So we were like, okay, God, we have a pretty strong idea that you would like it to be called this. Um, because we, um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to m remain in a stuck place. I don't want to grow stagnant in my life with God. I don't want to plat I don't want to have this amazing kind of wow, I'm just soaring and then plateau. And then kind of, you know, bomb out slowly as it were. And I and I don't know about you, but it's growth requires us to be uncomfortable. And I don't always like being uncomfortable. You know, I know that there are some of you here who are like, let me do risky, uncomfortable things. I love change and newness and discomfort. There are some of you out there, people who are like, let me go bungee jumping. I will never go bungee jumping. That is the most ridiculous thing in the whole world. I don't, and it's like, why would you do this? You tie a little elastic cord to your leg and then you jump off somewhere, like off a bridge. 
that is not that is not for me but you know in life with god i realize that he is inviting me to be a risk taker and he's inviting us to partner with him in life rather than just sort of get all comfortable and be a couch potato in life with god and uh, about a year ago we though we were kind of living life I believe we were sort of on track to be couch potatoes in our life with God. Little did we realize it. And God had spoke to us and we were going down to um, Virginia Beach to a conference. And he spoke to us and he said, I want to revive your hearts. And it's not just for you, but it's for you and momentum. You know, when God speaks a word to you like that, you're like, oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. That's so encouraging. Not sure what it means, but reviving I'm pretty sure is good I mean when you really think about what happens when you have to revive someone have you ever thought about that any paramedics you know we're like revive us Lord normally in it doesn't it usually you know involve like electric paddles being thrust against your chest and then a huge bolt of electricity going through your chest you know if you if you think about that you know suddenly I'm like revive us yes yes revive us it sounds like like a gentle breeze. <laughs> and God's like, you know, you know in the movies when that you hear the like, Meek! you know, that kind of little sound. You, you're with me? <laughs> He's rubbing the paddles together as we're like hoping for, you know, maybe a Hawaiian beach of revival. And he's like, I've got something ready for you. Uh, uh, so, you know. So we get down there, we leap into the conference, Ben's doing stuff, I'm doing stuff, and we're there for the first two or three days, and I notice something, you know, nudged by the Holy Spirit. I notice that although I'm very good at leaping into worship and singing and doing all the good outward things, that in my heart, I'm actually having a hard time connecting with God. And it feels a bit, you know, it feels like... It wasn't even as good as riding a bike when you've not read, read a, rode a bike, read a bike, ridden, ridden a bike for 10 years. You know that moment where you're like, how does this work again? It was just one of those moments where I'm like, my heart is having trouble. And it was, it was, it, it wasn't really the, it wasn't the paddles against the chest. It was more of a, you know, a gentle facial slapping, but prior to the paddles. And, um... And I just had that moment of like, I, I came to Toronto 15 years ago. Um, I came when I was uh, 19. I came to do the school of ministry. And we, I grew up in a, in a church surfing on the edge of charismatic goodness. And, you know, I, I really thought that I knew, knew God. But that five months transformed my relationship with him. I discovered that I could have personal, deep relationship with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, this is what I was made for. Something in me came alive. Something in me that was like, I can see, I can hear him, I can live life with him. This is it. This is what my life is, is about. This is, whatever I do in life, it's going to involve this deep personal relationship with him. And that set a fire inside of me so that when God spoke to me, and he spoke one of the most clear times in my life to say, Sarah, you can go back home to England or you can stay in Toronto and see what I'll do. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go with your plan. I'd like to see what you can do. And it was really one of the best decisions of my life. But those years 
I began to realize, wow, that first love, that first passionate encounter with you feels quite a long way away. And I didn't even notice it leaving. I didn't notice that transition from instead of looking for vision and hearing his voice and journaling and kind of in this squaw life with him to, to like, wow, I'm actually having a hard time entering in. And actually, and you know, once it starts, once God pushes you down a little road of revelation, suddenly you're like, and actually, I'm kind of, there's all these cynical thoughts in my head. And actually, I'm looking over at that person over there and I'm like, you know, is that really God? And I'm just like, you know, when God suddenly is like shining his great spotlight around. And I'm like, what are the, what? This has become part of my normal life and I've not even noticed it. And that began me on about a night of repentance. You know, everyone else is like, whoa, this is the glory is here. And I'm like, I just repent for cynicism. I repent for judgment. I repent for my cold heartedness. And you know, when everyone else is on one plane and you're like in this like, oh, totally different plane. That was me that night. So there I was. And I was just, God revealed my heart to me. And I didn't like what I saw. I realized I'd grown kind of lukewarm in my heart, even in the midst of doing good things, even in the midst of loving God and really sharing life with him with other people every day, there was an element where my heart had just got a little same old, same old. And in 2 Chronicles, um, I love the story of, you know, the kings. There's so many intense stories in there. You know, these guys... They love to go to war and they love to kill kill people. Quite surprising and interesting. But in 2 Chronicles 34, it's talking about Josiah. Do you remember him? You know, he came after a bunch of kings who were sort of like, let me sacrifice my children in the fire. But apparently he didn't sacrifice all of them. That was Manasseh because one of his sons actually uh, inherited the, the throne. And then his son, Josiah, became king when he was eight years old. And it said that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or the left. So then after another eight years, while he was still young, he began to seek God, the, you know, the God of his father David. And then his 12th year, he began to purge Israel of all the idols and all that stuff. And he was walking in relationship with God. Wouldn't we all agree? He was doing good things. He was pursuing God as much as he was able. And then it talks about the 18th year of his reign. And this is when God be, really applied the electric paddles to Josiah's heart, where God moved him to a new level. He upped the level of what he was doing in his life. And this is when he finds the book, uh, when the priest Hilkiah finds the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. And when he hears it, he is convicted. He's just like, oh my goodness, what have we been doing? There's so much more. And it's... Um, and he's kind of freaking out like, all my fathers have done all these terrible things. Us as a people have walked away from God. Like, what are we going to do? And, you know, he seeks someone who hears from God. And then God speaks and says, because your heart was responsive and, your, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke about this place, and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. And your eyes will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on this place and those who live here. 
And I just, God highlighted that word, responsive, because your heart was responsive. And I feel like God is inviting us into this responsive, awakened heart, where we begin to live out of a place of personal spiritual revival, where we become revival because our life with God is bubbling over and becoming life-changing and something that we can't contain. It just has to spill out in our work, in our family, um, at the grocery store. You're just like the life of God is spilling out of me and it just you you become a light where you are well the next day um um, Benny Johnson was sharing a message on um and she was talking have you heard her talk about wakey wakey where she had where she this girl comes to the school and she um she was from Wales and she hears God wakes her up in the middle of the night and says I want you to go to Mariah Chapel where the Welsh revival started and I want you to shout wakey wakey and at first she's just like no <laughs> and you know the cloud of the Lord was in her room so it was quite an intense experience so you know, she's like, oh, okay, I will. If the cloud is here, I know, I'm like, send the cloud to me. Um, so the next morning, she gets up really early, as one would do. Let's avoid the tourist times. She goes to this chapel, and normally it's this tiny chapel. There's no one there. Well, this time, there's a busload of people have come to visit the chapel. So she's like, oh. She walks away, and she's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then God's like, he speaks to her, he's like, come on. I, I, and, and she's like, okay. And so she's kind of like, wakey, wakey. And then she kind of whispers it, like really like casual. And then she walks away and God says, is this how much you want revival? And she, so she's like, okay. So she kind of goes back and like, no one will ever know me again. And she just yells, wakey, wakey. And then she just like runs off, kind of like, oh, and hopefully they'll never see me again. And she says she's half, you know, walking away and she hears this like great sound. And as she looks around, she sees this massive angel just wake up from the ground and begin to stand up. And he's so big that she can only see his feet. And she's a little bit like, well, who are you? And he's like, you know, I'm the angel of this, the Welsh revival. And she's a bit like, Whoa, and to be honest, that kind of boggles your mind a little bit. And, 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 and she's like, well, are you here to bring, you know, revival in the end times? He's, 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 he said, no, but we, you know, there is an angel that is going to come and help usher in the revival that the Lord has sent for this land. And God is awakening kind of the anointing from the, these past revivals that has been dormant. And so, I mean, you know, this is an inspiring message. I'm like, yes. And, and at the end, Benny's like, what we're going to do is we're going to turn, we're going to face our country, you know, our, where we come from, or we're going to shout wakey, wakey, to speak, arise to any revival, to any things that have been dormant that God wants to wake up. So, of course, there's about 10 minutes of shuffling around as everyone's like, what direction is Toronto? Have you been in those moments? People like face, you know, most of us have enough trouble knowing which way the road is just outside because we're disorientated so everyone's shuffling around and and we're all going to face and I hear God speak to me so clearly and he says Sarah you are shouting wakey wakey over your heart and I was like oh and he's like and I want you to shout wakey wakey over all the dreams 
that have, have lain dormant. And you're going to shout wakey, wakey over all the things that you've kind of let go of. That first love that was so intense that it's just grown a bit quiet. He's like, I want you to shout wakey, wakey over that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm having this like moment where God's downloading. So everyone's like, you know, in whatever direction, yelling wakey, wakey. And I've got my hand on my heart and I'm just yelling wakey, wakey. And I'm, you know, kind of chatting over my dreams and over over my heart and over my love for God. And I'm just speaking to my heart. Wake up. Wake up, O oh sleeper, where you've just slowly, slowly gone a little bit dormant. You've slowly, slowly got comfortable and been like, you know what? It's so uncomfortable taking risks. It's much more comfortable when I kind of sit down, when I, when I just let other people do this stuff. Maybe I'm just going to settle down and, you know, maybe just, you know, not do so much anymore so that I can be nice and comfortable. And it was like, you know, when you, you um, something just begins to like the ground begins to, to break up inside of you. And at the end of the, um, Benny's message, she says, you know, some of you, what we often find is that there's a, like a prophetic confirmation that you may hear the word wakey, wakey being, you know, spoken like on the TV, for example, over the next few days. And that's really a confirmation that God's speaking that to you. I'm like, oh, lovely. Now, Ben hadn't been in that message. And uh, we go to bed, like it's like midnight, we get to bed. He is much more of the morning person than I am. You know, I don't really believe in speaking in the morning or thinking very much. None of that really happens in my head. It's just more quiet inside. And Ben is happily more of the morning person. So he wakes up, goes to the bathroom, and then he comes around the corner the next morning and he's like, wakey, wakey. And I am just like, I went from like, you know, half asleep to like, you have never said that before in our entire marriage. How did you know? He's never said it since. But that one morning, he's just like, wakey, wakey. And I was, and I could just feel the father saying, I'm finding you. I'm finding you. And I'm just like, oh, blown away. Well, the next day, and forgive me, this is kind of, there's lots of moments, but this is, this is part of the journey of God finding my heart and applying the paddles of electricity to bring revival, to bring internal revival to me. And you know, like Benny Johnson, boom. You know, well, the next day Bill Johnson gets up there and he starts speaking about calling what you see into the now. You know how Hebrews 11, such a, I love it, such a roll call of faith. You know, these, I love it how it talks about some of these people died in faith. Not that I love that they died in faith, but they, they didn't let their death stop them from believing they're going to see the promises God, that God has spoken over them. I was like, when I, when I read that and my heart got that, I was like, that changes everything. We, we expect, oh, well, faith is only if you see things happen now. You know, we kind of like, well, that person wasn't healed. Obviously, faith didn't work. That's not what Hebrews 11 talks about. Small commercial pause. I don't know if you noticed, I have a big Bible, and then I have this Bible because the big Bible is bigger than my purse, so I can't really carry it with me. It's so difficult to find things. You know, you turn three pages, and you've moved like a whole book. And you're just like... 
um, it, <laughs> he talks about all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And, you know, God is calling us to a life where we begin to see things and call them into now. When, when the promises, you know, we, we think of Abraham, Abel, Enoch, Noah. I mean, Noah didn't really know what rain was, and he built an ark. He had never seen Lake Michigan. He had never seen the ocean, and he built an ark. That is faith. I mean, I've seen those things, and I'm not sure I'd have had faith to build an ark, to be honest. Um, certainly not the skill set, let me assure you of that. But, you know, what are the dreams? What are the things that God has placed in your heart that you want to see? Are you dreaming big enough? Are you dreaming of things that could easily happen? What are your dreams for Kalamazoo? What are your dreams for God to come in your community and in your family? What are the things that we've maybe let go of or not dare to dream? And God just began to spoke, speak to me. I'm like, are you speaking to anybody else? Because I feel like we're having a one-on-one week here. You know, every, every man, you know, I know he speaks, he can speak to everybody. I do know that. But it kind of felt like he was like in my face saying, Sarah, what do you want to see? What can you see? What do you have faith to see that you can call into now? And I was like, well, actually, what I long for is to live in this, to live and breathe this deep heart connected relationship with God, where every moment of every day I'm living out of relationship with Him. That I'm, it's not something that I have to be like, oh, relationship with God. I must go over here and connect with him. But he's everywhere and he's living and breathing and invading my life in an uncomfortable, glorious way. And the other thing that I really want to see is I want to see supernatural, instantaneous healings. And not just physical healings, but emotional healings. Things that should take years to happen in a moment. I was... You know, when, 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 I, when I searched my heart, that was, my first, that was the cry of my heart. I want you. And I want, to see, I want to see things that, you know, people take 10 years to work through and walk through just met in a moment. I'm like, that, that's the sort of God you are. I, can, I have faith for that. I see it. I see it in my head and I'm like, I want to see that. And I want to see it happen, not just like once in every blue, in a blue moon, whatever those are, but I want to see it happen every day. I want to see it happen just in our community where we live. I want to see it happen with broken people who God restores in a moment. Ah, that gets me really excited, I have to tell you. Well, who knows where I am in my notes? Oh, I, I just, I, I lose myself in them and I get excited about things. Well, you know, the next paddle thing um, was when um, Benny Johnson got up and began to share her healing of being healed of adrenal fatigue. And she, she said, you know, she'd been on a, like a retreat with Carol Arnott 
And Carol had said she had this little beeper, a worship timer, that every 10 minutes she'd be like, Jesus, I worship you. And to be honest, I'd seen that for, you know, because of, co- of course we're in Toronto. And, and, you know, quite a few people had them. And I have to confess, this is more on the kind of slightly kind of cynical. I'm not so cynical, but more like cool, coolness. I was like, well, I don't want to just do something because everybody else is doing it. You know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to really wait until I have like a a revelation rather than just doing it because everyone's doing it. And so I was a bit like, and, you know, where would I put it on my outfit? You know, I, you know, I I have to say those, those were the really the thoughts that had gone through my head. And so I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, that's cool that you're doing that. But I'm I'm not really doing that because, you know, it's just nowhere that it would go. It's just so I'm not really streamlined, you know, and, and, you know, everyone else is doing it, so why do I need to do it? So then Benny's like, well, you know, when Carol talked about it, she said, I thought it was a little bit weird. And I was like, oh, and she, and she said, but I thought, you know what, you know, I'm doing every single thing I know how to do. So she felt God speak to her and say, why don't you get one? So she got one and she did it for two weeks. You know, every 10 minutes when the little beep will go off, she'd be like, Jesus, I love you and I worship you and I connect with you. And she said after two weeks, one day she woke up and she was like, wow, I feel like back to my normal self. I have all this energy. I feel, I feel like I'd, you know, I could run you know, a mini marathon. She's like, what's changed? Have I started drinking some deeply nutritious new drink? Have I cut something out of my diet? And she was like, actually, nothing's changed in the last few weeks except I guess I got that little beeper and started worshiping God every 10 minutes. And God spoke to me and said, Sarah, stop being cool. (laughs) Stop being kind of, stop taking a back seat. I want to invite you in to living and breathing life with me. I was like, oh, I want that. Well, that night we were hosting the evening meeting and, um, I heard, I just had like all, the the only word I had from God before the meeting was red. I just felt like maybe God had a word for somebody in red. So I'm like, okay, Lord, what's the word? Well, we get into worship. I have never seen so many people wear red in one room. Like we have one gentleman over here with a red shirt. Anybody else? Maybe a red t-shirt over there in the back. This, oh, oh, we have a red slash maroon jumper over here. A few red things. Everybody, there were like, in the front section, there were probably 10 to 12 people wearing red hoodies and red jeans. There were, there were people with red hats on and red hoodies. And you know when you're sort of a bit like, this is very unusual. I mean, I'm wearing red. But there's three, four of us. There's four of us in this room. There were a disproportionate amount of people wearing red, like bright red, many red things together, which, as we all know, you, you know, that's kind of a dangerous fashion choice sometimes. And so the only picture, you know, the only word I get is of God shaking a champagne cork and saying, I'm going to pop the cork off. So I'm just like, okay, you know, we get up and I'm just like, I just feel like God has a word for maybe all the people in red tonight. And, you know, and so I get them to stand up and I'm like, okay. And I'm waiting for some deep, profound word. I share that little picture and I'm like, now I'm going to have probably some deep, profound prayer. You know, when you're like, 
Lord. It's going to just cut through and it's going to be prophetic and it's going to bring your word in. And I'm the only word I can just really think of is pop. So I'm just like, Lord, would you just pop the cork in these people's lives? Like, let come and do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, oh, this is such a lame prayer. Like, God's wanting to do something, but all I can just feel in the spirit is just like, pop the cork. And as I say it, like, laughter just breaks out across the room. Like, the Holy Spirit, like, comes in this intense way. And I'm like, wow, that's really, really surprising, but really cool. And God comes that night. And, and I was like, wow, something really happened. Well, I got an email when I got home from a good friend who, who works um, a region. And she said she had two girls come to her on the Monday after that Saturday. And they said, you know that, you know the, you know the girl who shared that word on that night? And they, was, and, they, and they said, both of us wore red that night. And both of us, one girl had ripped a hole in her sweater and she noticed it just as she was running out of the door, grabbed a red hoodie. The other girl noticed she'd like spilt something and was like, oh no, so she also, and they were like, oh, we're both wearing red. Uh, oh well, so they went, they went to this meeting and they're there. And, um, you know, when I gave that word, they were a bit like, oh, whatever, so weird, like these people, like, oh, I guess we'll stand up just anyway, because it'll look awkward and we'll be really visible because we're wearing red if we stay sitting down. And um, we cracked up, we cracked up laughing. As, as soon as I chose to receive the word, my friend and I burst into laughter and I could feel the freedom. And that was the catalyst for the rest of God's work. For about a year, from March 2011 till that Saturday, I had been struggling with anger, depression, feelings of inadequacy, hopelessness, and I just wanted to die and end my life. I felt as though life was too difficult and I wanted to leave the earth and be, and be with Jesus. And as that word was spoken, God did this work in me, breaking off all those chains. And that night, all of those things left me and I was completely free. My life has been changed forever and I feel totally different. All the depression, the hopelessness, the suicidal thoughts, totally gone. And the other girl had her, her, her testimony the same, um, that she had been struggling with depression, anger and fear and just really bound by fear and anxiety. And that night, as she laughed and laughed, when she stopped laughing, all the fear was gone. All the depression was gone. I got that email when I came back and I was just like, Jesus, you are good because that's, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. That, that little, that little, whatever you've been doing with the electric paddles on my chest is beginning to revive something in my heart. And, oh, I'm quite excited about these good things. Ah, oh, see, who knows where the notes are? And so we just began, we began every day to, we got one of those little beepers, and with boots, you can kind of clip it inside your boot, it's really helpful. And we just began just saying, Jesus, this feels awkward and like slightly contrived, but we want to love you and know you. And so we would just, like every 10 minutes, I'd just be like, oh, I love you. And I would, you can say something on the outside, or you can engage with your heart and do it. You know, you can worship and you're not really worshiping. Do you know what I mean? You can sing 40 minutes 
And inside you're like shopping list, cleaning the fridge. When do I pick up those people tomorrow? Oh, I can't believe she sent me that email on Friday. And then you're like, oh, the whole worship set has passed. And my outward, my outwardness has been like this. Yes, I love you, Jesus. And my inwardness has been somewhere totally different. You know, God's calling us to a life where our insides and outsides are engaged and wholehearted. He wants us to partner with him in a life of wholehearted, intense, life-filled, radical relationship with him where we begin to see the things that we've dreamed of come to pass in our lives, where he begins to kick that cynicism out of our lives, but that only happens when we partner with him. You know, it was my choice to stop letting cynicism take, you know, take a nice guest room in the home of my heart. I had to choose to do that. I had to choose to make some powerful choices inside. I had to choose to set the direction of my heart in a different direction and that direction toward him. Well, a few weeks later, we were, um, we were at a, a meeting with some school ministry, um, some graduates, and um, we, were, we were praying for this couple from Holland, and um, we know them, lovely, lovely couple, and uh, as we, we were just having a prophetic time to pray for them, and, you know, we're praying for this lovely guy, and, and he's just kind of, you know, receiving from God, and I just see this intense picture of him covered by a black cloak with the words failure and death over his head and you know in in the you know the prophetic gifting i i'm really looking for the opposite spirit you know if that's sort of if i'm discerning stuff like that i'm just like oh i just speak life over you you know i'm I'm not really going to be you know calling out those things and i just feel god say i want you to speak it speak what you're seeing and i want you to deal with it today and i'm like <laughs> everyone else shares something and i'm still like Oh, tra-la-la, this is breaking all the kind of guidelines I normally set. But eventually I'm like, I'm going to share something with you. If this does not resonate with your heart, I want you to just immediately reject it. But, you know, I just see, and, and the picture I'd seen was of a black cloak being handed from his grandfather to his father to him. And I said, I just see the words failure and death. As I speak this out, and I'm just like, if this, if this isn't anywhere near white, just immediately... He falls to his knees and begins wailing and wailing. And I'm like, well, I'm going to take that as a confirmation. (laughs) But that word was was kind of something went on. And so I'm just like, Father, I just feel this is a really simple thing. And I just said to him, all I feel the Father saying is, you need to get up and shake it off. It's just going to fall off when you do that. So he gets up and he's just like shaking it off. Like, and he's weeping. And we just are just like, and you could, his countenance changed. It was quite incredible. So, I, and you know, when you're just like, wow, I, I have no clue what God is doing, but let's partner and bless this. And so later on, we were like, what, Paul, what was happening? And he said, he said, my grandfather committed suicide. And he said, my dad's life was just blighted because of it. And my dad has always spoken over me, like, you're never going to over amount to anything. You're such a failure, such a disappointment to me. Um, you know, he said, and that has, you know, you're never going to produce anything good. 
And he and his wife had done IVF several times. It failed every time. And his was the fertility issue. And he was just like, this is just his words coming to pass. I can't even produce anything good. And just, he was just weeping and weeping. And we just prayed for him. And, but just had that feeling that God had shifted something in his life. Now, what is that? A year later? I think they're eight months pregnant right now. And just, I mean, not saying that that one word was the thing that shifted it, because I know that, you know, other things were happening in their life. But it's like, wow, God went right to the root of something that had been, that had been passed from his grandfather to his father to him, this, like, inheritance of death and failure. And God just, it, he, was, he looked different in his face that day. And it begin, began like this excitement in us that we are going to start to see this, this personal spiritual revival, this personal kind of bubbling over. And can I say that we went from a life of sort of a good life to a place where increased intimacy, increased presence and encounter, soft heart, an awakened heart, a changed mindset, a life lived out of communion with the Holy Spirit, looking for the supernatural to invade the natural, taking responsibility for our heart and our choices, not letting cynicism, doubt, disappointment or jadedness hold us back from him. Cynicism is just a protection, really. Disappointment. When we've been disappointed, we don't want to hope anymore, do we? Because hope is painful when we've been disappointed. The presence of God is not a spectator sport. It's not something that we're supposed to sit back and be like, whoa, you're doing really well over there, you know, and throw popcorn and, you know, cheer people on in a bit of a like, you're doing really good. I'd like some more soda over here, please. Thank you very much. Or maybe a hot dog whilst I cheer them on in enthusiasm. You know, we are called to be participants. And I just feel this is a season where God is applying the electric paddles to our hearts if we want it, if our hearts are responsive. Because when the Father gives us an invitation, we have a choice. We have a choice whether we receive it or not. And I would say for a long time, even though I loved God, at times I lived a passive relationship with him, thinking if he wants to do that, he'll do it in me. He'll do it in this city. And God was like, Sarah, I want to involve you. I want to partner with you. I want to electrocute your heart and get you to life. And it turned my whole world upside down on our, on our head. This last year has been by far the best year of our life. Even though probably about five to six months of it in the middle were difficult, dry, stressful, intense months. In those months, uh, we were just like, we are, we're, gonna, we're just so hungry for God. We're going to press in. You know, be, being hungry for God is not about living out of our out, outward circumstances. Because if that happens, circumstances control you. That is not what we want. No, no, no. 
We want our dynamic life with God to be the thing that is propelling us into hope and into life. You know, Josiah's repentance and his responsive heart changed God's heart towards the nation, changed what was going to happen. God was like, I love your responsive heart. And actually, although this stuff's going to come, I'm going to change the timeline because, because of your heart. What would happen if each of us had this crazy, soft, responsive, awakened heart to God that was like, <gasps> whatever you say, I'm going to do. Wherever you call me, I'm going to go. I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose hope. I'm going to choose joy. And see it begin to change our hearts, our perception of our circumstances. Often our circumstances don't change, but our perception of those circumstances changes. Our joy in those circumstances changes. Our deep heart love connection with God changes. And he's calling us deeper. The, the, the picture I've had as I've been praying for, for this weekend and for you is of um, us walking and leaning on the arm of Jesus. Sometimes it's really comfortable to be independent. To be like, no, I can do it by myself. Ah, ah. Maybe you don't ever feel like that, but sometimes, you know, sometimes I do. And, 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 and I feel like God is calling us into dependence. Into a dependence on his love so that we don't move unless he speaks. So that we're like, what are you doing, Papa? What are you doing? What are you saying? What do you want to do today? What do you want to do tonight? What, where are you leading me? He loves us. He's placed such treasure in each of our hearts. And he is inviting us into depth and into life with him. Ah. Can I share a few more stories of stuff we've seen, um, seen God do? Um, oh, we came back and we went on a staff retreat. And I felt like God wanted to heal some people. And... And so I'm like, there's 12 people in the room. So I'm a bit like, you know, the, the likelihood of that many people being in pain at this point is pretty low, you know, when there's 12 of you. So I'm like, you know, we're having a little prayer worship time. So I'm like, is anybody in pain? I'm just feeling like God wants to heal somebody. Four people are like, yes, I am currently in pain. I'm like, seriously, did we get the injured into our staff team this time? And so we're like, okay, well, let's pray. And we prayed and all four of them were healed. Like the one guy was healed of like a knee pain that he's had ever since he had a surgery a few years ago. Another girl was healed of like wrist pain. Someone else was healed of a, like a migraine, migraine headache. Um, you know, we're a bit like wow, yes, this is normally what we see in our prayer group times. But it, it just began to feel like as we started to live out of communion in relationship, the supernatural healing stuff was just popping up, just flowing outwards. Um, last weekend, um, we were in Victoria in British Columbia. Um, uh, kind of Ben was working with the worship team at a church, and I did some prof like a prophetic day. And um, I was sharing uh, my story of 
I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I had a traumatic um, head injury which um, affected my sense of taste and smell. I totally lost it 100%. And um, afterwards, this lady came up to me and um, I shared that on the Sunday morning and we we had to dash to the plane. Like we nearly missed the flight. We were so late and I'd been kind of talking and sharing and I'm like, oh, I've gone over time. And so I'm like throwing my books in my bag and and, and I'm just like, I've really got to go and this lady's like um, I don't have a sense of smell would you pray for me and I'm just like yes father just heal her I speak healing I speak life reconnect what needs to be reconnected and I dashed out the door it was kind of like the speedy love connected prayer and uh, the next day Russ um, the pastor of the church um, called Ben and I in the morning we're back we're about to leave for work and he's like her husband just called me and she's totally healed she woke up and her sense of smell was fully restored. I'm just like, God, you are so good. You are so kind. She'd not smell a thing in four years. Not one thing. That is a scare. Can I just tell you from my experience, that is really scary to not be able to smell. Because you can't smell danger. You can't smell when you've left things on fire in your oven. You can't, you can't smell when meat is bad, when the garbage smells bad. Smell is what you're most, one of your most intrinsically connected senses because it, um, it's connected to memory. It's, it, it evokes memory. You know when you smell something and you're like, oh, I haven't thought of grandma in 10 years. But that smell of English lavender is what she always wore. You know, you, you think of people. You remember things connected to your sense of smell. And she woke up that next morning and she could smell coffee. That's a gift from you, Lord. Uh, all the coffee lovers are like, yes. Um, but... I just am like, yes, God, it's, it's gaining momentum. We're seeing more, we're seeing more, and it, it's increasing and it's not decreasing. Our, you know, our, in, in our marriage, we're, see, like, we're like, wow, our relationship with God and our love for him and the sweetness of times with him, we're like, wow, what were we missing out on all those other years? We didn't realize that just him in the midst of our marriage could be so intense. And so I just feel like God is inviting us. Well, I feel a few things. I want to do a few things in the next little while. But I feel like he's inviting us, firstly, into repentance. Are there things that have been holding our hearts back from him? Is, have we embraced cynicism? Have we embraced judgment? Have we, have we let those things kind of take up residence in our heart? And you know what? It happens so easily and so subtly. And, and yet those things shut down our ability to be responsive to him. They, cynicism is not a childlike trait. You don't see kids being cynical generally. In that kind of like, yeah, like, you know, if you say, you know, would you like an ice cream to a four-year-old? They're like, oh, yeah, like that's really going to happen. You know, do you really have enough money for that? You know, they're generally like, yes, can I have two? <laughs> you know, that's, that's that childlikeness. You know, I think a lot of that childlikeness is about mindset, is about faith and about trust and about expectation. Where have you lowered your expectations? Where have you let go of your dreams? 
Because I feel the Father is inviting us to be responsive, just like Josiah was. His heart, when he realized that there was more, when he realized that there were things that they had totally missed out on, his heart was so responsive. He leapt into action. And, you know, when we respond to God, when he applies the electric paddles to our hearts, action is required, whether it's action of choice, whether it's action of purpose, whether it's action of saying, God, I'm going to change the direction. I'm going to allow you to renew my mind. And I'm going to start saying no to those cynical, judgmental thoughts. And I'm going to start saying yes to dreaming. What are those... What do you want to see? What do you want to see? Why don't you shout out a few things that you want to see? If you, what sort of things has God put in your heart? Anybody, anybody got any sort of... Uh, come on. Anybody else excited about that? I would love to see that. Imagine if, we, imagine if this city was, was just like a, a place where people came to because they were like, we know it's been, it's been transformed. Anybody else? Kalamazoo under a glory cloud. Yes. I like it. Imagine what would happen. Imagine what would happen. Some more. I know there's some dreamers in here. Every heart to experience him. Yes. Come on. Yes. Oh, I love that one. Oh, love it. You know what? Unity commands a blessing. Well, what sort of blessings is God bringing and releasing as we gather in unity? Bring some more. Miracles. I like it. Regular miracles, supernatural miracles. What else? In China, come on. That would be phenomenal. Think of the number of people that there are there. Think about what that would do. It would be revolutionary. It's time for a new revolution, isn't it? Come on. Dozens of New Day church plants. Well, I guess that means that all of you sitting here are potential New Day uh, church leaders in the making. (laughs) That sounds good. Come on. All across the U.S., just in Michigan? Everywhere. Come on. We need to dream big. These are are some good, big good dreams. These are some good, dream, big, big dreams. The coffee, the coffee. (laughs) Any more? Come on. Come on. So good. Was there one here? Yes. Loads of Muslims converted, encountering Jesus. Yes. Come on. Imagine if all the government, all the people in positions of power encountered Jesus. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? Whoa, that would shake things up a little bit, wouldn't it? That would be quite exciting. Come on, some more. Resurrections. I like it. Start haunting the morgue. (laughs) Hello. I'd spray on the way in. 
yes, that's a sweet one. Prophetic artists being commissioned to 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 profane, profane, paint prophetic art on the streets. I like that. I, I love murals in cities when you have them. It's stunning. But what if those were God pictures? Go for it. Take that dream and make it reality. Maybe that's what Kalamazoo needs. We just get a team of painters, connect them with the city. I like it. Public school revival. I I love it. Are are you getting excited by hearing these dreams? These are your friends. This is community. These are the things that these are the things that are hidden in each of our hearts. And the Father wants to partner with you to make them reality. Instead of those just being things like, that's probably too big. How could that ever happen? I'm not even going to hope for it because then I'll be disappointed. Were there any more? Yes. Marriage is restored and strengthened. Oh, come on. So thrilled me when Benny and Suzanne Hinn got remarried this year. Like, that is a restored marriage. They got um, remarried about two months ago. And, you know, I'm just like, yes, people who've been divorced getting remarried because God has revived love. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, divorce rate dropping. Yes. You know, what about... What about Orphans being adopted. What about, what about families becoming such a value and being loved by society? I don't know about you, but I, when I begin to hear these things, I begin to get, catch a glimpse of the kingdom. And the kingdom is in action through you and me. And the kingdom comes into action when we can let go of all those things that would hold our hearts back. And we begin to live this bubbly, heart-connected life with him where the impossible becomes possible. If you can do your dream, it's too small. Ah. Who knows? I off-road sometimes and I just, I love it. So I want to invite you to respond to God if he's speaking to you. If there, if there are things that he's saying, I want you to let go of this. I want you to let go of disappointment and disillusionment or cynicism or judgment. If you feel like he's saying, I want to place the electric paddles of my love into your heart and revive your heart, awaken your heart. And I just wonder if, if in that response, if that's something you want to do, is even to come forward and just, are our worship team available to sort of, um, or music of some kind, just so that we can have a time of, of responding to him? Because I feel like it's in, it's, in act, it's in response to him. It's when we say yes to him. It's when we engage with him that he's able to bring change to us. That we can, we can engage with that change in him. 
So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here right now. I thank you that you are inviting us into into personal spiritual revival. You're inviting us into, into awakened hearts, into seeing our dreams become rea- reality. And tonight we want to respond to you. We want to repent for where we've held you at bay and we want to ask you to come close. So if God's speaking to you in that way, I want to invite you to come forward, come kneel, come stand, come sit on the front row. (laughs) And we want to do business with him tonight. Father, you see us and you hear our hearts. And tonight we want to say yes to you. We want to say we respond to you. Forgive us for our hard-heartedness. Forgive us for being lukewarm. Forgive us for letting go of our dreams. And I feel tonight some of you, he's, he's, he's offering you those dreams back. He's saying it's time to pick them up again. It's time to respond to him. It's time to engage with him. Revive our hearts. Wow. Come and place the electric paddles to our chest, God. Wow. of cynicism we let go of disappointment we let go of hardness of heart 
And you may want to, as a physical act, just let, kind of give something over to God if you know that that's been something you've held on to. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we should, in the midst of this, we should do something. And I feel like we should shout, wakey, wakey, over our hearts. <laughs> so, why don't you put your hand on your heart? If you want this, don't, you, don't do it if you don't want to. Wow. But I, as we do this, we're going to do it in faith. So, as we, as we make this declaration over our hearts... There's gonna be a, there's gonna be an application of the electric paddles of revival applied to our hearts. That God is gonna shift us from a place of apathy or even of a place of warmth to a place of depth and passion we've not been before. So let's do it on the count of three and let's, let's do it like you mean it. <laughs> One, two, three. Wakey, wakey! Woo! Yeah! Whoa! Think we need to do it again. Oh! Whoa! One, two, three. Wakey, wakey! Yeah! Release! Ha! Release. Wow. Wake up, O oh sleeper, and rise from the dead. Oh. I just speak life to every heart in here right now. I speak life to the places where there's been death and disappointment. I speak life and revival. Wow. To our hearts tonight. We need to do it a third time. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Wakey, wakey! Wow. 
let let your life come and flow right now, Father. Wow. I just I just see things being dislodged from our hearts right now. I see things that have been uh, that have been plaguing us. I feel like there's someone who's really struggled with disillusionment in here tonight and God is dislodging that right now. That it's just it's just shifting, it's breaking up like an ice flow. It's just shifting and melting. Whoa. Come Holy Spirit. Come and revive our hearts. Come and take us to the next level of intimacy with you. Unlock, 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 wow, unlock intimacy, unlock, wow, unlock new depths with with us, Lord. Press in, let's press into his heart. what you dream of tell him what you want to see <sighs> and if you don't have a dream yet ask him ask him for a dream ask him for a dream for you a dream for Kalamazoo a dream for Michigan a dream for this nation wow Release your dreams in here tonight, Father.
Yeah, Father, we we want you. And we want you to have us. All of us. Every part of us. And we want to be bungee jumpers in the spirit. We repent of being couch potatoes. And we... <laughs> We ask you to teach us to bungee jump in the spirit. Show us how to take risks. Show us how to pursue your heart. And would you come and increase our hunger. Let these newly revived hearts take us to places in you we've never experienced before. He's taking us in. He's taking us deeper. All we need to do is say yes.
Yeah, I just declare healing over each one of us. Wow, I just declare healing and I declare restoration here. In the name of Jesus, body, soul, and spirit. God, thank you. You're so good. You're so good. Wow. All right, we are going to transition to closing the meeting, but um, we want to continue to allow people to receive up front here if they'd like to, and the worship team can continue a little longer. And um, we failed to take an offering this evening, but I did want to give an opportunity, if anyone did want to give tonight, the um, whatever is given tonight will go to Sarah and Ben Jackson. And um, there's a basket here on the prophetic art table. You can place any donations in there, and you can use the envelopes if you'd like to indicate 